The news continues to happen, and The Schrader Show is here to decipher the madness, to make sense of what's real and what's propaganda, to offer a point of view. This is 1360 and 97.5 WTAQ. Now, here's Steve Schrader. Well, happy Thursday, December, what is it, 19th, December, is it 19th? Yeah, December 18th, December 18th. Our show is on the 20th, which is my dad's birthday. Oh. So, or what is my dad's birthday? Unfortunately, I lost my dad in 2001, but still, it's always a day that I certainly remember my dad on his birthday. So welcoming in our guest host, Shannon. How are you for this Shannon and Trader podcast? I'm fabulous. How are you? I'm doing doing great. Lots of stuff in the world since we were last with the audience. Yeah, always. So where where, do we, where should we start? Um, let's start. I guess we can start by wrapping up on the Iowa caucus. Um it was what we thought it was going to be, a decisive win for Donald Trump. Uh, Vivek is now out. He has endorsed Donald Trump. Your thoughts? I mean, now we're down to Nikki Nikki, who no one should trust. And we'll, we'll remind you why not to trust Nikki. But Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, and then, of course, Trump. Now, Trump, of course, we can trust because we know... We know. We know him. We know him, and we know what he did, and we know what he would do again. In fact, and, and we, I, it's, this is not actually a subject for this podcast, but Jamie Dimon is in Davos, Switzerland. I, I don't know if you saw this, but he was talking to CNBC. Was it the Chase guy? Yeah. 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 And, uh, well, he came out and basically said, hey, look, you know, quit demonizing mega people. Uh, they're, you know, they believe in Trump and they believe in his policies because his policies worked. And Jamie Dimon basically said that and basically castigated his side for this attack on mega Americans. And it, and it goes in and it fits in with another big story in the media that that um, I'm just kind of getting caught up with. And, and it's this banking scandal with with all these different banks, Shannon, where there are people going in and buying a, a Bible at Cabela's, you know, or a fishing, they're, they're basically targeting conservative Christian companies like Cabela's and Bass Pro Shops and anybody that doesn't subscribe to the new woke agenda as evil. And Jamie Dimon is saying it's going to, it's first of all, it's wrong. And he's right that it's wrong. But second of all, He's saying it's going to hurt Biden in 2024. Your thoughts? Uh, I would have to say it is going to hurt him because nobody wants to be targeted. Nobody. Um, and what you buy is your business, not what not anybody else's business. So there. No, and you're 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 absolutely right. And and look, um, I think the American people, despite the onslaught of negative media towards that. Look, see, CNBC, they didn't want to, <laughs> right? They didn't, well, we should, we should play the, we should play the CJ Stroud. Um, you sent that, uh, we should, we should play that here at, at um, 
and share that with the audience, um, how NBC goes and modifies what he what he said. We'll get to it a little bit later, Shannon. But I mean, again, it's 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 anybody that doesn't subscribe to what we're seeing with this woke DEI mentality, the government is targeting. And financial institutions are targeting. Yep. And they're editing it and making sure, trying to make people not know they're doing it, but they are. And it's good that that this, see, this is the great, when things look down and they really do look down, (laughs) I think part of that is people didn't know how bad it was years ago. Hear me out for a second. For almost 100 years in this country, we've had three or four, maybe a dozen or so media sources across the country, right? You got your ABC, NBC, CBS, right? Mm-hmm. Then you've got your New York Times, your Washington Post, your, your you know, whatever, Dallas Morning Leader or whatever. What I'm saying is liberals have controlled the media for ever. And they still do. Believe me, try being a conservative in this business and you'll see how tough it is to just get an opportunity. But, you know, I think because of the rise of podcasting, the rise of the Internet, the rise of all this stuff, conservative outlets are, you know, just the news uh, real clear politics, uh, you know, the gateway pundit. There are all these, right? I mean, they're. Yeah, and even citizen journalists. That are and just, citizen journalists, right? I they're mean, they're everywhere. And they're, they're, they are, and they're, they're, they're waking up and they're, they're. They're sharing it with other people. They're sharing it with other people. For example, I, it, we didn't even, we haven't even talked about it after I, sh- I shared that, that, that uh, text that I got last night. Let's, uh, Let's tell people who might be listening to the podcast. If you remember our friend uh, Christine Geiger, remind the audience. Remind the audience (laughs) of our our good friend Christine. We might, we may have to call her and get her on Saturday. Yeah, Um, she was awesome. She's the one um, that has a hair salon in Traverse City um, that told the the trans people to go to the local dog groomer. And then didn't she get sued by the state? There's well, they were they were trying to basically she put up a it was again, she had just had it with. She said, I was fine with what? what, What's the gay month? (laughs) Supposedly, is that Uh, June? I don't know. It's like pride. Pride month. Yeah. But that's what (laughs) that was her point. (laughs) Exactly. That was her point was, okay. when it was a month, she could deal with it. But now it's like pride summer. And she's like, you know what? I just don't want to, you know. All she said was, look, if you want to be referred to as they or them, go to the pet groomer. Don't come here. Your business isn't welcome. And kudos to her. Um, she sent me this. There's a take back our border convoy. This is awesome. Um, it is to the southern border. And it is a peaceful assembly. The convoy begins uh, January 29th. Um, and they're going to go to Eagle Pass, Tucson, and San Diego, California. And it's uh, Make Your Voices Heard America is who is taking this. And if you want to learn more, it's take back, takeourborderback.com. That's takeourborderback.com. 
So, again, you're right. They're citizen journalists. I mean, you could consider Christine almost, a, or maybe not a citizen journalist, but a citizen activist. Yeah. It, she didn't even mean to be. She just, something happened, and now she is. She shared her views. Yeah. And because of that, she became an activist. She didn't mm-hmm. seek being an activist. It's like but me. She's I didn't, good at it. I didn't plan on get. I mean, I wish. I, I truly do have a love for this business, okay, for radio. I love it. I wish I would have known that this is what I want to do when I was Rush. You know what I mean? Like Rush grew up pretending to be on the radio, right? I never had that. You know, growing up, I wanted to either be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers or win the Masters in golf. That sounds like my son, exactly. Yeah, I mean, those were the only, those were really the only two career options I wanted. Then I got into high school and I wanted to be president, of course. <laughs> But I didn't like school. So I went to college briefly. Well, I went to college for a while. But look, I, I wish I would have known this is what I want to do when I was young. Um, not everybody does. But it, it's, it's, I didn't seek out to be on radio. I got involved in politics because I didn't like seeing what I was seeing. And then I got involved in politics and found out that, you know what, to rise up through the Republican establishment, you have to become what you hate. I mean, it, it really, I mean, I hate to say it, but it, it, what I hated about politics was, it was, it was like you're competing with your own team and it was, I don't know, it was just stupid. So that's why I got out of politics and went into radio. Yeah, and now you have a voice on the radio, which is even better than being in politics itself. Well, it is because I can tell the truth and I can sleep at night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, I don't... and a lot of other people can hear it and you can make a difference every single time you talk. Right. And, and, and the thing about it is, look, I understand politicians have difficult decisions to make, right? I get it. Everybody does. Everybody does. But I, look, two things, and we're getting a little off topic here but politics was never supposed to be a profession right i mean our founding fa- george washington was a farmer right thomas jefferson was a lawyer uh john adams was a far- they were farmer even if they went to college which was rare back then but if they went to college they went to college to learn more about farming and agriculture and you know what i mean i mean our founding fathers never ever envisualized politics as a profession it was something it was public service it was something you did after you had been successful in business or you wanted to give back you had you know been in business and you're retired you want to serve your community that's what it was and and we're totally off of that so anyway we're getting way sidetracked Let's talk about you found this story and I want to get to COVID because that's a big, that's a big issue right now. And well, first of all, talk, talk, uh, you sent me this story. Uh, this is from Mediate. Um, Ahmed Austin Jr. wrote this. Uh, oh, this would have been. Ooh, on Wednesday, right? Yeah, this happened Wednesday. Or no, it was Tuesday. Yeah, it was Tuesday. Um, Dejan Mil- 
Milojevic. I don't know how to say. He it. was a he was an assistant coach for the uh, Golden State Warriors, and Adrian Wojciechowski with ESPN reported uh, early on Wednesday that uh, Milanovic had been hospitalized due to a quote sudden and serious health issue that occurred while the team was at the restaurant. As it turned out, he died of a heart attack right there at the restaurant. Another example, I mean, again, we don't know yet, but to me, this seems like it falls into your died suddenly category where, you know, the NBA still has this jab mandate that's going to end up killing more and more people. Yeah, and and it always it always says cause of death is unknown. At this time, it always says that on those kind of stories, um, even though it is a heart heart attack, which they know, but it always says cause of death. Right. Determined. And if ESPN ever gets the final cause of death, they won't tell you. They won't tell you or they'll hope you forgot about it by then. They'll hope you forgot about it or they'll put it on their website. Really small. Right. <laughs> to where you got to find it. So there's that. And then we got this out of the New York Post. And how old was he? 46 or something? Very 46 young. years old. Yep. I mean, perfectly healthy and eating in a restaurant. Yeah. Hadn't. No reports that, I mean, no reports that he had been feeling ill. Nothing. Just gone. Yep. You know, we should. Should we play more of Dr. McCullough? We still have that. We still have that keyed up. If you want it, just go back and show what he was saying about about the jab. But then this out of the New York Post. China toys with deadly new COVID strain. When will the madness end? Chinese virologists are again shamelessly playing with a new COVID virus that's 100% lethal in human transgenic mice. This article is from the Post Editorial Board. What what will this what will stop this madness? Scientists at high-level labs in Beijing and Najing pumped mice with genes altered to resemble human ones full of lab-cultivated strains of GX17, a COVID first cousin discovered in Pangolins three years before before the pandemic. Pangolins. That's the that's, that's the that word again. <laughs> it's the pingle. Yeah, but this is pangolins. It's not penguins. It's P A N. We went this before. We were like, what's a G O L I N S? Yep. So that's a pangolin, apparently, yep. not a penguin, which is P E N G U I N, I believe. Yes. I was told there would be no math or no spelling, <laughs> Shannon. No more math. <laughs> Worse, experts around, oh, by the way, just so you know, every mouse that was infected died a slow and agonizing death. So there's that. Have we lost our bloody effing minds? Yes. I mean, we fund this. I mean, Rand Paul's out there. You know, the book that I need to buy, too, is... Uh, Rand Paul's got a new book out on Fauci, and I want to read that because he's he's calling for Fauci's arrest, which is long overdue. Oh, yeah. 
Fauci should be held responsible. I mean, this this did he retire? Why is he still out talking? Fauci. Oh, because again, he's I'm sure he's a distinguished professor somewhere. Oh, and and you know what? Rand Paul said the same thing. Rand Paul Rand Paul was on Newsmax this morning and spared him nothing. He said uh he said he said Anthony Fauci's one of the worst humans in the history of the planet. Yeah. And that no, I mean he was he was he spared him nothing and he basically said, "Look, this guy should be shunned publicly for what he did to the American people because you know what he said? He said that talking about gain of function research. He is quoted and I didn't know this until Rand Paul said it this morning, so I'm taking I'm I'm taking Rand Paul at his word. Did you know? Here's a quiz for Shannon. Did you know Tony Fauci actually said when he talked about gain-of-function research that if it leaked from a lab and caused a pandemic, the research value would still make it worthwhile? Well, tell that to all the families who lost people. And are still losing people. And are still losing people. Like, for example... um, you know, Dijan Milanovic. Mm-hmm. Tell that to them. But Tony Fauci is on record saying even if another pandemic occurs, it'll be worthwhile because of what we'll learn from a research standpoint. That That's the kind of psychopath we had running NIH. Uh-huh. And we still fund – and by the way, Rand Paul was talking about this. He said NIH is, is, a, is a worse black box – than the CIA to try to get information from. He said, it's my job. He said, you know, I'm the head of the committee of the Senate that investigates this stuff. And he said, I can't do my job because they don't give me the information. That's called bureaucracy. You know, that's that's the tail wag- wagging the dog. And I think that's going on way too much in government, the tail wagging the dog. Uh, yeah, especially lately, nobody seems to be able to get anything from anyone. Oh, I know. Subpoena or no subpoena, they can't get it. Oh, I know. The the absolute rule of law, the absolute rule of law in this country has gone away other than essentially the Supreme Court. Yeah. And by the way, these labs, these Chinese research research didn't say anything about safety measures. In fact, uh, reasonable science is... Uh, reasonable science isn't this, says Francis Bullocks, an epidemiologist expert at the University College in London. Quote, I can see nothing of vague interest that could be learned from force infecting a weird breed of humanized mice with a random virus. Conversely, I could see how much of this stuff might go wrong. End quote. Well, that's the understatement of the year. Mm-hmm. Rand Paul pointed this out as well. Not one vaccine has ever been developed with gain-of-function research. So in other words, we're creating these deadly pathogens, and we don't even create the vaccines for them. We don't even have the vaccines to cure it. Yeah. And this is not—and by the way, you know how this stuff is happening? Apparently— 
NIH is just, again, the, the money flow into Washington's out of control. The, NIH is giving these grants to colleges that are using subcontractors like what was the big one during COVID? Um, Eco Health Alliance. Remember, that was a subcontractor. So there, these colleges and universities are subcontracting this work out to China. And some of it's military research. I mean, this is absolute craziness. We're doing biological weapons research in a country that wants to kill us. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> and would, would, why wouldn't they release it? I was watching a documentary on World War II. The Japanese were doing the same thing. They were infecting mice with bubonic plague, and they would drop them. They would drop these, they were plaster bombs. And believe it or not, these, this type of warfare goes back hundreds, and if not thousands of years. So we've been at this a while. And again, no vaccines have been developed because of... I I just can't trust any other, any vaccine for the rest of my life. I know. Ever. Well, and that's, and that is, is really the danger of all this. Yeah. Is that... Well, and then you got all these illegal aliens coming with weird diseases like measles coming back and... Well, that's exactly... We're we're reintroducing... We're reintroducing diseases to the United States that we had eradicated. hmm Yeah, and now everybody's afraid to take any vaccine. I am, so... <laughs> well, I, I am too. I mean... <laughs> And you always said, oh, they're not, I, I, you were afraid that they would stick the vaccine and other stuff. And I oh, said, I oh, no. I think they do. <laughs> and the more, the more I'm learning about it, the more you're, I'm tending to say that you're correct. Because I am correct. That's I think it. you They'll probably. do anything. Well, they were like bribing people and trying to force you. And if you didn't, well, what's to say they're not going to stick it in something else? Well, and that's an excellent point. I mean, what 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 was the final thing they came down to giving you? Like a hundred bucks, wasn't it? Hundred bucks, or a cheeseburger, or keeping your job—you <clears throat> name it—they offered it. And and don't you find that we I, I, weird? At that time, I was like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever heard, and that's like total red flag to me. Like, no way am I getting that. They. They're offering me a cheeseburger to go get a vaccine. Come on. Oh, yeah. Let me go get one. And it was a cheeseburger See, at like a yucky restaurant, too. It wasn't even a good cheeseburger. Well, even if it was, I still went to did it. But Well, I know you went to, but you know what? And that's why, that's why we do these podcasts, because <laughs> your simple brilliance. Well, like, no, I mean, I... It, Look, I didn't, I got the first two because I was stupid. We've clearly acknowledged that. And you didn't even get the cheeseburger. I know. <laughs> or the gift I did, card. I know. I did it before all that. And I'm like, I said, I said the same thing. I'm like, well, I'm not going to go get more to get a hundred bucks. <laughs> but I do know people that did go get a hundred dollars. and I'm Oh, like, sure. I'm like, is a hundred dollars worth your life? And people that got it to keep their job. 
uh, how much is your job worth to you? Would you rather be dead or have a job? Well, I hope those people that lost their job due to it are now suing the shit out of their employers. I hope so. I really do. But like my friend's husband, almost, he came like two days before his job was going to fire him. And then they didn't. They ended up letting him stay. So close. But. I, I told her, like, tell him to quit. Go get, what, well, he's got his pension. He can't leave that job. Well, did he, your pension's no good when you're dead. Did he threaten him when he, did he threaten him with a lawsuit before that? No. He didn't? No, but I, he should have. At that point, nobody was, they just thought their their job could tell them what to do, and they had to do it. Yeah, but some of the, some of the smart CEOs saw into the future. Not many. <laughs> Not many. I mean, I but this is, and a lot of people changed careers then too. Like, like where I used to live in my old neighborhood, there was a lot of teachers, and a lot of teachers retired, quit, opened their own business. They didn't even want any part of that either because they were forced to in in schools. And a lot of them are getting sick right now too. Well, I'm thinking about all the teachers who succumbed to the pressure to get the jab. To keep their jobs, thinking they're some of them thinking they're keeping kids safe, yeah, while while doing it, and yet they're they're probably killing themselves in the well in the end. Daily, there's there's at least one teacher, right? And I, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Should we play David McCollum again? We can. I think we should just because, again, it's it's. It's valuable content. Yeah, let's let's roll David McCullough again. Um, so th- these will be cuts. Uh, these will be cuts. Yeah, twenty one. Uh, starting with twenty one, and so here's here's Dr. Peter McCullough testifying in front of Rand Paul's subcommittee in front of. Um, the Senate on this is from January 12th of this year, so 2024. Go ahead and roll cut 21, please. I never supported these vaccines. I never told a single patient that it was safe to take a vaccine. I didn't take a COVID 19 vaccine myself because it wasn't safe. And I published an op ed in The Hill in August of 2020 before they came out. The title of that op-ed is the great gamble of the COVID-19 vaccine pandemic. The reason why it was a gamble is because the vaccines and of Americans who took the vaccine is roughly 75% of Americans took at least one shot, according to the COVID states program. Of those, 94% took a messenger RNA vaccines. So we can restrict our comments to messenger RNA vaccines provided by Pfizer and Moderna. These vaccines are a brand new technology that installs the genetic code for the lethal part of the virus, which is the spike protein, the spine on the surface of the virus. This was an extraordinary gamble because there was no knowledge of what was going to turn this off. Once the genetic code gets in the body, there was no knowledge of, does the body get rid of the genetic code? What shuts it off? Will some people produce too much genetic uh, 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 code and have it keep moving from cell to cell and too much spike protein. It was known then that the spike protein was lethal. Actually, this was Marjorie Taylor Greene's subcommittee on injuries caused by the jab. Shannon, uh, there were people like Peter McCullough out there warning about it, but 
he was unfortunately part of the minority. Yeah, and and the people that were they were censoring. If you remember, all the frontline doctors, they didn't even show them on any social media at all, and called it misinformation. Yeah, except for folks like Newsmax, they still had America's frontline doctors on. Yeah, but on social media, they were pretty much non-existent. They were just there's a little message underneath that said false information, misinformation. Is it was bad, <sighs> and I knew better. You did. Well, a I lot w- of people knew better. I wish I would have been smart enough to 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 know better. Now, in the next part, he talks about, uh, you know, we're behind the curve when it comes to the rest of the world. They're starting to figure it out, uh, especially like the U.K. and Australia. Cut number 22, please. And to give a genetic code for a potentially lethal protein that was devised in a Chinese biosecurity lab to Americans— was the most dangerous proposition our government agencies could have ever put forward to our country. And what we've learned on this is uh, extraordinary. Castriuta and colleagues has published the messenger RNA is physically circulating in the blood for at least 28 days. That's as long as they've looked. Mm. Crossan and colleagues from Harvard has shown the messenger RNA is stuck in the human heart 30 days after the vaccine when people die. And there's inflammation around it, presumably due to the spike protein. Wilkin and colleagues from Stanford have shown the messenger RNA is stuck in human lymph nodes for at least two months. And that's as long as they've looked. Now, the spike protein, which is produced by the messenger RNA, is widely circulatory in blood and shown by Harvard, by Ogata and colleagues, Swank, and recently Brogna in Germany. Now, Brogna in Germany looked six months afterwards, and at least half the people who took the shots had vaccine spike proteins circulating in their bloodstream. That's as long as they've looked. And they can identify it because Pfizer and Moderna have an amino acid signature on their spike protein to let us identify. We know that it's Pfizer and Moderna. It doesn't come from the natural virus. It's coming from the vaccine. That's proven. The spike protein now, in 3,400 peer-reviewed papers and growing, is proven to cause heart damage and myocarditis Our regulatory agencies agree. Every regulatory agency in the world agrees. There's actually guidelines now in the UK and Australia about how to diagnose and manage vaccine myocarditis. That's how common this is. It accelerates atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, causes tremendous swings in blood pressure and heart rate called posterior epistatic tachycardia syndrome or POTS, causes neurologic injury, stroke, both ischemic and hemorrhagic, Paralyzing syndromes, including Guillain-Barre syndrome, small fiber neuropathy, ear ringing. It causes blood clots. The spike protein is physically found in blood clots. The largest blood clots that we've ever seen in clinical medicine, typically a blood clot that someone would get after a hip surgery or on an airplane would be a centimeter or so. Now he's going to get in the, the next. going to get how big. Yeah, they he's going to get into how big they are. But let's 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 talk about. First, all 3,400 peer-reviewed papers and growing has proven that the, that the jab causes heart damage and myocarditis. And when they're doing autopsies, 30 days later, the heart's still inflamed. Uh-huh. Unbelievable. Yeah, and this next cut, he's going to get into how big these were. He previewed it by saying, you know, typical blood clot is a centimeter. Uh, well, check out how big these are. 
it's common in my practice. Yesterday, I saw patients with 15, 17, two feet blood clots in their legs oh my after the vaccine. We see blood clots both on the arterial side and on the venous side. This is distinctly unusual. The body is set up after the vaccine to form blood clots. And this is particularly harmful in people with a predilection to blood clots or other provocateurs, hip surgery, uh, smoking, supplemental estrogens, prolonged immobility, uh, et cetera. The fourth major category where the vaccines clearly cause injury and damage is autoimmunity. The human body recognizes the spike protein as non-human. And so the body attacks its own cells in an attempt to try to fight this. And because of this, the body then expresses markers of autoimmunity that now I routinely test in my practice, the antinuclear antibody, the ANA test, which is a test we do for systemic lupus, the anti-citrullated peptide test for rheumatoid arthritis, and then the ANCA test, the antineutrophilocytoplasmic antibody test. These are now all proven in the peer-reviewed literature. These blood tests turn positive in response to the vaccine, and people develop a variety of autoimmune syndromes. This is what we're seeing clinically. So my observations are based in terms of what I'm seeing clinically, what I'm reading in the peer-reviewed literature. And in the peer-reviewed literature, large numbers of cases are being reported. I want to cite one paper from the peer-reviewed literature, Lane and colleagues, uh, that's assembled now a series of 18,204 patients with myopericarditis. Wow. Typical is one or a centimeter. He talked about them being 15, 17 centimeters, two feet. Two, were, remember when we went and watched Packer game on Sunday? Were you still there when they were talking about the two foot blood clot or did you leave? I must have left. Well, I was talking to someone and they know somebody that had a two foot blood clot in their leg. I'm not kidding. Really? From yeah. the jab? Yeah. Well, they wouldn't, they wouldn't admit that it was from the jab, but I did, because I was telling them about this. And it, it was them themselves. It was their friend. Oh, okay. And it was the people we were sitting by. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. No, I was I was gone for that conversation. She's like, yeah, they pulled it out, and it was like this long. She's showing me how long it is, and I'm like, uh, oh, my God, we just talked about this on the show. And now here it is again. So they pulled it out? Mm-hmm. Huge. Huge. I didn't know they could pull them out. Yeah. I thought I thought they gave gave you drugs to or they just dissipate I don't, I naturally. I think you can't just dissipate something like that. That's huge. That's that would break up into well, a bunch of little. It ones. would break up into a bunch of yeah. I mean, two. I mean, I guess your legs are two feet, right? <laughs> About that. <laughs> I mean, but really, but if I had a two foot blood, if you had a two foot leg, blood clot, my whole leg. That would be pretty much your whole leg. Uh huh. Wow. One last piece from Dr. McCullough. And this is this is the part that's important, folks. He gets to the big thing. This jab needs to be taken off the market now. 18,000. Now, I can tell you, my whole career, I saw two cases oh before COVID-19. Now I am seeing myocarditis on a daily basis. The number of myocarditis cases in the United States before the pandemic was roughly 200 to 400 cases in the whole country per year. Now we're seeing this in the thousands, and these are limited sets. Now, of those 18,204 spontaneously reported cases, the death rate 
in these patients is 0.22. So fortunately, majority of people survive, but sadly, some die. In the published papers of people describing the cases, the death rate has ranged from 0.41 for myopericarditis to 45.9%, wow. 45.9%. Hulsher and colleagues, of which I am a senior author on this paper, is now uh, ha has a paper in the preprint server. Now it's been fully accepted to the um, uh, European Society of Cardiology Journal, has proven that myocarditis is fatal when autopsies are, are, are confirmed. When the doctors suspect myocarditis, there's a 100% rate of confirmation that it's fatal myocarditis. When there's general death that's occurred in a vaccinated patient, our data suggests that it's roughly 74%. If an autopsy would be done, it would be confirmed that the, the vaccine was the cause of death. Today, a Rasmussen poll is out, and the Rasmussen poll has shown that 53% of Americans think the COVID-19 vaccines are causing serious injuries leading to large numbers of, quote, unexplained deaths. Mm -hmm. So the word is out. I've made the call on the floor of the, uh, with Senator Johnson and a panel in the U.S. Senate, multiple state senates, the European Parliament uh, making the call today. The COVID-19 vaccines should be removed from the market. They're not safe for human use. Those are my comments. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. McAuliffe. There you go. And they should be totally and taken they off the And they show. should. And they should. The fact that they're they're still on the market is is absolutely amazing. Okay. And that they're still pushing them. They're still commercials. Oh, I know. They're still yeah, I just saw the one with John Legend and Martha Stewart and Travis Kelsey. Now, those are the three people I wouldn't tr trust in the first place. Oh, right. Well, like, yeah, I mean. I wouldn't trust anybody on a vaccine commercial. No, and not any one of those three either, but... <laughs> Although I did defend, I thought Martha Stewart got railroaded during, during. Uh, when she went to prison? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Um, Still, though, if she tells me to get a vaccine, I'm not getting a vaccine. Cause no, she told I wouldn't, me. no, I wouldn't do anything Martha Stewart tells you to do. <laughs> Ever. Yeah, me either. I mean, even if Snoop Dogg talked to her for us, <laughs> right? Yeah. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there, huh? Sure. Well, I mean, we uh, we got to talk about briefly. Briefly. Not going to fly United Airlines anytime soon, are you? No. Well, I'm not flying any airline, but I'm really not flying United Airlines. Yeah. So, so their, their CEO, Scott Kirby, he's quite the beauty, isn't he? Oh, yes. He's a drag queen who's apparently uh, bringing that to the bringing that to the corporate boardroom, I guess. Yes, and then the video was now leaked, and everybody has seen the transvestite that he is. Have you watched the video? <laughs> you showed me a little bit of the video. Um, I would think we should look who's on the board of United Airlines. Should we check that out? Let's look. Let's look. Why don't Why don't you talk a little bit more about the story while I look up uh, who's on the board of United Airlines? Um, because here's here's the thing with these corporate boards. Um, I can tell you there may be other folks on that board going. Nah, this is not necessarily the image that. We want to have so. So you think he's going to get fired? 
Yeah, so who's on the board here? But can they fire you for being a transvestite? No, and they shouldn't fire him just for um just for being a transvestite, but okay, Walt Isaacson, he's a historian. He's on their uh board. Captain just trying to see. Scott Kirby is the CEO. Walt Isaacson is on the board. Um, Edward M. Phillip, Carolyn Corvey, Matthew Friend, Barney Harford, Michelle J. Hooper, Walt Isaacson, Richard Johnson, James A.C. Kennedy, Scott Kirby, he's the cross-dresser, Edward L. Shapiro, Captain Garth Thompson, Representing the Airlines Association. Okay, he's just a captain. All right. Um, and James Whitehurst. Oh, Whitehurst was the president of IBM. He's the president of IBM. Huh. Ah, that's interesting. Well, I wonder. I wonder how. I wonder how the board of United is going to feel. Look, I guess on Saturday we'll know. <laughs> yeah, we'll give you an update on Saturday, and that's why that's why I introed the subject. There's going to be more on this on Saturday, but um, no, I wouldn't. No, it's I, I. I wouldn't say somebody somebody should not get fired just for cross dressing. Okay. However, the board probably has a some sort of. I don't know. They're, they'll have some sort of a, a code of conduct. On how some, you yeah, ask. I would think there's got to be some sort of code of conduct that they could get them on. If I mean, if they so choose. I mean, I would just imagine there's there's people on the board, and I don't. the The biggest name that I recognized on that board was Walt Isaacson, which I don't know what the hell Walt Isaacson knows about uh, running an airline. But you get people on boards from different backgrounds, and I get all that. Um, and you don't have to know about running an airline to be on a board. I, I get it. Um, but I would imagine there's people on the board that aren't too happy. Oh, yeah. I'm so, sure there is. We will give you an update with that on Saturday. So with that, I think we'll wrap it up, and uh, we'll get into more of Nikki Haley and, and the primaries. And again, New Hampshire's early next week. So plenty to get into. Share this podcast with your friends, especially the COVID stuff. And from Shannon and I, freedom can't be centralized. And whether you like it or hate it, in your heart, you know, we're right. We'll see you on Saturday.